Welcome back to the podcast, you guys. My name's Sadie. And I'm Mar. And this is the podcast where we read the books so you don't have to. We're spilling all the tea and all the juice in the books that you are too lazy to read. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) That you don't want to read, so you're listening to us. And we appreciate that. Breaking the fourth wall, Mm. you and I have not recorded in a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. We took a break because... One of us birthed the baby, and it wasn't One. me. <laughs> I had a baby. You had a baby. So you're a mother twice over now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah. Um, it's actually... You're like three weeks. Yes, three weeks postpartum That's currently. Crazy. Yes. Uh, Asa is going to be one month next week. Wild. Crazy stuff. Um, It's been really good. We moved and stuff like that, so that was a yeah. little bit of hecticness. Yeah, you moved as well. Yeah. So we took a break, you know. We took a break. Someone needed it. (laughs) (laughs) To get some life stuff done. Just a couple things. But we're back. But we're back. And we're talking about the book called The Vanishing Half Mm. this week. And, okay, I guess, what did you think when I told you we're going to read this book? (laughs) Because I've been picking most of our books, I guess. But. Yeah, Sadie picks most of our books, guys. So we've got a problem. No, Take it no. up with her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's a collaborative. It's like, yes. a, what do you think about this book? And you're like, okay, mm. let's do it. And yes. sometimes they've turned out great. And sometimes they've turned out to be stupid. <laughs> we are easygoing. We don't yes. We don't really mind. But I, okay. So this book, it's called The Vanishing Half. Who is it by? Um, it's by Britt Bennett. Britt Bennett. Um, at first, when she told me about this, if we're going to tell you a little bit about the book. It's about these two twin sisters who grow up in a town called Mallard. And in this town, in you Louisiana. have in Louisiana, smallest town ever. Can't find it on the map wherever you're at. It's it's so small. Um, but this town, we are going to be talking kind of about races today in a big way. So this town is full of light skinned people, um, but they're super light to the point where they could pass as white. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have these two twin sisters. um, They were born. They both can pass as white. They're super light. Um, And it's just kind of about the story about how one of them decides to live their life as a colored person. And the another one kind of pushes the line a little bit and tries to live their life as a white person as Mm -hmm. well. So when you told me we're going to read this, I actually thought it was going to be a little different. Okay. I don't know why I thought this was like based off of a true story. Oh. Because I do hear like nowadays you kind of hear the crazy things that people are like, no, I'm white. And they're like dark, super dark. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ma'am. But they're saying they identify as That they white. identify yeah, as white. Yeah. As white. Um, even if they don't have an ounce of white yeah. in them, you know. <laughs> and so uh, and in case you don't know, just to put it out there. Mar speaking here. I am a colored person. Sadie is a beautiful Caucasian woman. Okay. And so it's going to be cool to kind of get our different yeah. perspectives on yeah. this book. Yeah, that'll be really good. No, I think this book is really interesting. I've heard a lot about it. It's very, it's so, it, honestly, I liked it a lot. Like mm. I thought the book was really well written, yeah. but it's talked about a lot in kind of like, I guess more it like literature minded circles. And then also it's really popular on like booktube, which is mm. for the people that aren't nerds. It's book YouTube. And so, so a lot of people talk about this book um, because it is extremely well written. I mean, yeah, I really, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but I enjoyed it. I liked like, it a I lot. I really enjoyed it. Like it was super well written. The storyline was really engaging. I loved the pacing. Like it mm. never felt dry or dull. Like, there's a couple points where I was I was thinking maybe this didn't need to be in there yeah. or I could have like it, they spent more time on something than I would have. But for the most part, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also, it's just really popular because it does deal with a lot of interesting um, kind of themes and topics, especially to because these 
twins go on to become mothers and they both have a daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how their experiences kind of go on to affect their daughters and how their daughters being raised in those two different atmospheres, one being raised in a small and colored town in Louisiana, and then one being raised where her mom chooses to pass as white Mm -hmm. in, she moves to California. It's very interesting how when their stories intersect. Yes. It's very interesting. So what we're going to do, we're going to talk, I'm going to ask a question, Sadie. Okay. Is that what we're doing here? We're going to ask you this question. So first of all, if you don't know, which you don't, the first, the twins girls' names are Desiree and Stella. Mm-hmm. And so this starts off in 1968. So just to give you that time frame, it kind of will help you maybe understand their thought process as yes. well. This isn't 2023 and they're no. doing this. Um, so 1968, kind of in the thick of it all, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, we're slowly getting out of, uh, not really racism, but people no, yeah, having freedom, I yes, guess. Yes, it was very much, um, it was very still stigmatized. It was really um, horrific, the experiences that people were going through. They, It was not, um, it was, an, I guess, like very, it was accepted, honestly. Yes. It was accepted that there, it was still in a time period where there was segregation. Um, so it was, that is the setting that this book opens up into. Mm-hmm. So we're um, <clears throat> starting off with the sisters, Desiree and Stella. They're growing up in this small town called Mallard, right? They have their mom, Adele, and their father. They live in this little house that they've always lived in. Um, they decide to run away. Mm-hmm. They decide that they don't want to live here anymore at the age of 16. And some of the reasons why is because, number one, um, I don't think that they cared for how everybody only cared about the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. Even in Mallard where everybody was light skinned, they took so much pride in becoming lighter and lighter and Mm -hmm. lighter. There was a quote in the book, which I'm not going to quote it directly, but a man was saying that he hopes that so far down his line that generations will never even be able to tell that there was a colored person there. Yeah. And there's a town that really valued the color of your skin, but specifically being white. Yes. It was a town of mixed race and colored people that placed a high value on being as white as possible or looking as white as possible. Yeah. And that thought process, like to some people now would be like, that's crazy. Like you should love this color of your skin. You can't help how you were born, which a hundred percent. Yes. We need to keep that mindset. But also back then they were treated so poorly Mm -hmm. based off of the color of their skin that to me, it makes sense why they were striving to become lighter and lighter. Cause the lighter you get, the nicer people were to you, the more freedom you had, the more money that you would make, you know, just everything was based off of the color of your skin. Um, and so I, they kind of wanted to get away from that, but also just right off the bat, they lost their father when they were younger, like young girls. Um, he was killed brutally by white men, Mm -hmm. um, because they said that he was sending a inappropriate note. He wrote an inappropriate note to a white woman, which we know wasn't right, true. Exactly. Yeah. The town was saying there's no way that he could have done this because a lot of times back then, you know, colored people couldn't even read or write mm-hmm. and he couldn't read or write. And mm-hmm. so they were saying there's no possible way that he could have written this note. Mm-hmm. But the twins watched this through the closet door of their home. They watched their, yeah. their dad be drug out and be murdered in front of them. And that was also one of the reasons where like, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to be there anymore. Yep. Yeah, and so they grew up in an environment where they it was so small and they started to see their mom through a different lens because she was a single mom and she was working all the time. And they both started to realize 
I think they started to see how much she was sacrificing for them and they mm-hmm. wanted a different future. Yeah. And so her mom actually, the day that they decided to run away was the day that her mom said, you're not going to go back to school. Yeah. So they were 16 and she essentially said, well, I need you guys to stay here. You need to help. There's no kind of point in education because she mm-hmm. was saying, you're going to have to stay in this town and help me and we're going to work. And so that was kind of the moment that they decided, okay, we are going to run away because we want a different future. We want a different life. Um, and so they did. They ran away when they were 16 years old. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So they ran away to uh, New Orleans. Yep. Louisiana. And they started kind of a new life there. They started, there was a connection. They had a friend. Um, it was an, I can't remember how they met this friend, but it was just like a mutual. It was through work. Okay. So they got hired at a laundromat and there was this woman there who also already had a child like themselves, but she felt bad for them. There's 16, 17 year old girls. They had no place to live. They had no money and they actually weren't even supposed to be hired. So whenever um, the inspector would come, they would run into the bathroom and wait, you know, because they were too young to be working there. Mm-hmm. So that's how they met her. Yeah. So they started working there. They were living on her floor and it was just like a, they also were enjoying the experience because her friend would take them out and they would Mm -hmm. just, she would show them a different side of the world and they were kind of seeing the potential for what they could um, have and what their lives could look like. But they, one of them got fired from the- Desiree got fired. Yeah, Desiree. So- Essentially, they needed more funds. They needed more money. And so Stella, this opportunity comes up. There is a position for her to be a secretary. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Like to work in the front office. And so this kind of is where you as the reader get introduced to the idea that Stella is more open to the idea of passing as white. Like Mm -hmm. she has. So basically she walks in, applies for the job and they think she's white. They like treat her. They think she's a white woman. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, well, this job is also only being offered mm-hmm. to white women. And right. Desiree encourages her. She's like, well, so what if you have to act white while you're there? They think that you're white. That they're, That's their fault, not ours. You'd be making a lot more money. Right. So that's why she does it. Mm-hmm. And so she ends up getting the job. Mm-hmm. So that's when you find out that um, this Desiree starts to... Or sorry, Stella starts to feel like she almost is getting to live this like double life. She's mm-hmm. getting two sides of... Of the experience of being a woman in a world where she goes to work and she gets treated like a white woman. She gets treated. Um, she she just kind of feels like, oh, I can go into stores and yeah. no one will take a second look at me. I can do things that I wasn't able to do, which is ho- horrific yeah. sounding in our day and age. Yeah. It was horrific then, but it was unfortunately really Normal. accepted. It was yeah. normalized. That was the culture that they were growing up in and they were being raised in. And so for her, she was getting that experience at work. And and then when she would come home, um, she would go back to being Desiree's sister. And yeah. she kind of started – that's when you start seeing a small, like, split in their um, relationship and their closeness as sisters, I think, because she stops telling Desiree – all of the things that she's doing, whether yeah. at work and afterwards, like the restaurant she goes to, the places that she goes in, she kind of stops sharing all that. Yeah, because she doesn't want Desiree to know. Desiree was completely fine with her pretending to be white at work, but it was a whole another thing to pretend to just be white in general. Number one, it's also such a dangerous thing to do because right. the way colored people were treated. If she ever were to be caught, which was one of her biggest fears as well, was that she could have ended up just like her right. dad was, who right. wasn't even pretending to be white. Right. You know, that's just how they were treated. Yep. 
Yeah. So that is kind of like where their story starts to split, where Mm. you start to see maybe a fracture in their relationship. And so I guess after this point, what the real, the real moment that sends this book, I guess, into the next section is Desiree talks about the idea that at one point Stella disappeared. So I guess Mm -hmm. we should actually full circle. Yeah. So Desiree, as a grown woman, this book kind of jumps back and forth between um, present time and then their experiences as children. Um, And so the book starts with Desiree being a grown woman, Mm -hmm. bringing a child, her Mm -hmm. daughter, back to Mallard, Louisiana, which is a small town that they grew up in. Mm -hmm. So the story starts off with, oh, my gosh, one of the vignettes. What do we say? Beans. Beans. Okay. Mar listened to the audio. audio. So she she has the pronunciation of all the names, which is helpful. Because in some books, I'm always like guessing. She's like, that is not it. So like, that is not even close. Um, but so she she says one of the twins is back. Everyone, the town's freaking out because one of them is back. Mm-hmm. And this is when you learn that she, Desiree and Stella, got split at one point. Mm-hmm. Stella disappeared and Desiree has not heard from her. Yeah. So you find out that in like 10 years, by yes. the time she goes back there, it's been 10 years mm-hmm. since she's seen her sister. Yeah. So the, they disappear right when they're 16, they run away from this town. They're living in Louisiana in New Orleans. And then you find out that Desiree comes back. Well, she never thought she would do. Mm-hmm. She like, it was like a walk of shame for her mm-hmm. because also they like, they try to justify them running away because they loved their mama. There was nothing. Their mama was a good mom. You know, they were trying to justify their guilt by feeling bad of leaving her there. It was like, once we make more money, we'll send money back. We'll write, we'll call. And they did not end up doing any of that. So really they haven't seen her mom in 10 years either. Her mom had no idea where they went. Probably scared out of her mind, right. you know, and uh, she's on the walk of shame back to a home that she never thought she would be back. Right. With, a child, with a child, her daughter. And her daughter's name is Jude. Mm-hmm. And first of all, we just want to say Jude is beautiful. Okay. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that happens all throughout the book. Also, it's yeah. just me being a troll. They're like, uh, like the song. Like, Please stop. They're like, no, like the Bible. Yeah. Okay. That's exact the Bible. The, the Bible. Okay. <laughs> so Jude, the reason why, so they see her walking through town, Desiree and her little daughter named Jude. And it's like the talk of the town because Desiree actually has happened. She married a darker man, which from this town, like we described before, it's just not something that you did because yeah. they wanted to become whiter and whiter and then also back in this time and sometimes even today unfortunately a lot of um colored men were known stereotyped wise uh for beating women Mm -hmm. they beat women um and this is what was happening to her so the reason why she was running back is because her husband was beating on her Mm -hmm. and she's like i got i'd have nowhere else to go but i need to go Mm -hmm. for the sake of my daughter and so jude who is so beautiful she is really dark she's darker Mm -hmm. than desiree uh she looks like her daddy Mm -hmm. and so she's walking through town you know and everyone's like no way how could they bring her here like Mm -hmm. just the talk of the town and it was just kind of Sad. Yeah, so that's how that's how you realize as a reader, oh my gosh, okay, Desiree and Stella, something significant happened where they are not together anymore because Desiree is coming back as an adult with a child and saying she hasn't heard from her sister in 10 plus years. Yeah. And so you it keeps jumping back and forth. And so you find out very quickly that Stella actually fell in love with her boss. Oh what? Twisted romance. Yes. But honestly, is it a romance because he was in a position of power? I mean Assault? No, sorry, I'm sorry. I'm in harassment. I'm in harassment. 
Never you mind. mean harassment? <laughs> Call HR. No, and HR. so, but it's mutual. She mutual. likes him. He likes her. But it's really interesting because obviously she is passing as a white woman at work. And so he is falling in love with this woman that he is assuming is a white woman. Yes. And so then one day they, like she disappears. Stella she disappears. disappears. And so you come to find out that she goes with this man. She gets married to him and they leave and they move to Boston. California. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he get, the reason why she ups and leaves, though, is it, it's literally the day of he takes her out to dinner. She's in this beautiful dress. And his name is Blake, by the way. Mr. Sanders. OK, Mr. Sanders. But his name is Blake. He's taking her out to dinner and he's like, they're not even dating at this point. They just been spending time together. They're not boyfriend or girlfriend. And he just goes, I've got offered a new job. And she's like, oh. Okay, because she's recognizing that she's been loving spending time with him. She's starting to like him. And he's like, I know this is crazy, Stella, but I want you to come with me. I'm moving to Boston for a new position. I want you to be my secretary. And she says, without even thinking about it, she's like, yes. She's I'm like, going. sign me up. Without thinking about the fact that she's been lying to this man for so long right. about being a white woman. Right. I honestly forgot that they moved to Boston. Was that Boston, just a hot second? It was just a hot okay. second. Okay. <laughs> I was like, why do I forget? They don't focus on Boston very often okay. here, so. You have a good memory, though. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like excuse me. I think that we, we've done that many times where you'll say something, I'll say that at the same time, and I'm like, oh, uh, no, we remember that differently. <laughs> yes. But so then that's how you realize that Stella basically has chosen now. Mm. They call it, they say in the book, they say passing. So she passing over. Or she She's basically, passing over. She yes. completely chooses to. I'm going forward, going to live my life as a white woman. Yes. And so she essentially disappears yeah. off the face of the planet. Desiree does not know a thing about where she is. She, no one knows where she She has disappeared. Yeah. She has chosen a new life. She says, done and dusted to her old family. Mm. She's gone. Yeah. She tells Blake that her family's dead. Yep. That she oh, lost her parents horrible. in an accident. Like, horrible. So horrible. Could you imagine literally finding out that someone in your family is just going around saying, oh, yeah, no, she's been dead for years. Yeah. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, but I've been like, no, I can't. <laughs> But so she's choosing. But guys, this means that she has decided for the rest of her life. She's going to take this to the grave. And to me, if you're going to pick this, you're going to have to take it to the grave. Because of how if he would have found out, he never laid a finger on her. This was a nice man, but boring, but nice, boring, but nice. Yes. (laughs) But unfortunately, if he would have found out he was colored, he probably would not have been the nicest man. No, You know? Yeah. But who? Yeah. So that's kind of how they end up. That's how you recognize and you realize, okay, they have been completely, they have had zero contact. These twins were inseparable. They were the closest you could ever possibly be. And now they have not heard from each other in 10 plus years. And so it kind of, like we said, goes back and forth. And so what's really interesting where this story, I think, really starts to develop is they both have daughters. So like we already talked about Desiree has her daughter Jude and you come to find out that Stella goes on to have a daughter with this man Blake mm-hmm. and her name is Kennedy and so yeah. Kennedy is born looking as white as can be yeah she's got blonde hair blue eyes I mean her blonde hair is kinky though right but she's born looking like a yeah. little white baby nobody would have ever guessed which uh, 
guys, that's my children. I just want to put that out there, okay? <laughs> I am in an interracial relationship. I am colored. My husband is not. And our babies are white as day, bro. Like, which is beautiful. I love that. Let's just talk about how your baby came out of the womb and you were like, yes. <laughs> she looks like me, baby. And second, she lightened up so she quick. Yeah. yeah. The second she got a breath of air, yeah. all the color <laughs> left her skin. I was like, okay, it's fine. It's, it's fine. fine. No, it's fine. <laughs> but it makes sense because Stella had this fear that mm-hmm. when she gave birth, that a colored baby would come out and she's like, at best, he would think that maybe I had an affair with a darker right. man. She right. would have rather that happen than him find out that she herself was colored. Right. But genetically speaking, which I don't know if they knew this back then, right? Since she was mixed and she was married to a white man and had a baby, your baby's going to come out looking pretty light. So mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't have been a possibility. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So basically, Stella has started her life in California now, in mm. Los Angeles. So she's living this very luxe life, this bougie life, mm-hmm. fancy neighborhood. Her husband has a great job and she's raising a daughter. She's raising her daughter completely as a white girl. So mm-hmm. she is just... Raising her and completely lying to her about her own life, her own experiences. She said that, yeah, like you said, Mar, that her family has died, that Mm -hmm. she just kind of has – she gives zero information on her history, on anything that would help her daughter get to know her. And so you see that relationship forming between Kennedy and Stella, mother-daughter relationship. At the same time, you see the relationship between Jude and Desiree, one that's – completely full of honesty and understanding where she came from and what her history looks like. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really interesting though, is again, there's a, there's a Jude wants to leave Mallard, yeah. but I don't think so. Yeah. So Jude wants to leave Mallard, but I don't think it has nothing to do with her mom though. No. Versus like Kennedy where she wants to leave. Cause she's like, She's constantly fighting, trying to figure out who Stella was. Right. Because even Blake said when he first met her, he loved the mysterious side of her. Why? Because she didn't want him to know the truth. And so, but now they have problems because she's still not opening up the way that he thought she would in a marriage. Because, like, if she shares the truth, if she opens up, like, there's nothing to share. There's Mm -hmm. nothing to tell. She always says, my life was boring. There's nothing to tell. Let's not talk about it. Yes. Always. For every, anything that they could possibly, any Mm -hmm. question, anything about her her past she goes oh it's nothing to yeah. talk about or she'll say well we didn't have the money to do that which was correct they didn't have the money to do it but she used it so much it started just becoming her go-to line of mm-hmm. like well i'm not going to tell you anything because like you should be blessed you're growing up with money i didn't you right. know but yeah so jude ends up wanting to leave but i think it's more and you can tell me what you think i think it's more because of how she was treated in this town of being such a darker mm-hmm. skin tone you know yeah. yeah i think she was she felt completely ostracized i don't think she had any friends her her understanding of trying to date and Mm -hmm. understand what it was like to do that was just all tainted because of this town's perspective on uh color and also the emphasis that they placed on whiteness essentially and so she was too dark for even this mixed race colored community she was too dark and yeah. she wasn't accepted and so she got a track scholarship mm. she, that's how she kind of she's a runner she's a runner she's a runner she's a track okay. star Sorry. no ma'am <laughs> so she was she was a track star so she got a scholarship so she <laughs> you can't right. get over 
That's how she got to Los Angeles, California. Mm. Yes. Sounds familiar. Dun, dun, Ooh. dun. So she just has no idea, right? No yeah. one has ever known where Stella is. So she doesn't know where her long lost aunt is, but she goes to California. So um, that's kind of where you start to think and you start to see, okay, you're learning more about Kennedy, mm. Stella's daughter. You're learning more about Jude, Desiree's daughter. There's a, there's a kind of a foreboding sense that these storylines might intersect. Yes. And so... Yeah, I guess I think um, I'm very curious of what you kind of backtracking a little bit. But what did you how did you feel about Stella's decision to pass as white? And then when she got to California and is Mm. raising her daughter, what did you think about that as far as how it affects Kennedy, how it affects her being raised? I don't Mm. know. Curious your thoughts. Yeah. Y'all, I would say this. I, I think my, I think I have like a double-sided like opinion. Um, two-faced. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I just, <laughs> so I'm going to be honest. Thinking back in this day, right? I think I would have done the same exact thing as Stella. Not in the same way. Mm-hmm. I would not have ditched my family. Right. I would have not have, you know. But I think it makes sense that she had to lie to everybody right. else. Because she was playing a dangerous game. Like This was like life or death. There wasn't like, oh, someone will find out and that's it. I have to go back to feeling like being colored. It's like, no. Like, someone finds out you're, like, you could be killed. Like, this is, you're playing a dangerous game mm-hmm. here. And so... To me, it makes sense. It makes sense that at a young age, living in the city, living in an area that you see that white people have all the power, they have all the freedom, and being young and being able to pass as white, I think I would have done the same exact thing. You're guaranteed a better life just because of the color of your skin. She could go into any shop she wanted. She could fall in love with anybody that she wanted. She could get paid better. She was treated better. Like To me, even though it's unfortunate that this mindset is based off of like you're not good in the skin that you were born mm-hmm. in. Cause also like as a Christian, we know that like, I believe God doesn't make any mistakes. Like mm-hmm. honey, you were born the way you're supposed to be born. You are beautiful. Let's learn to accept it. Right. Let's learn to adapt with it. Um, but that's easier said than done, especially in that day of age. If I could see that I could walk in anywhere I want because somebody thought I was white, I'd probably have the mindset. I was like, well, they're dumb. If they can't see <laughs> that I'm a colored person, like that's not my fault. That's theirs. Mm-hmm. So as, as a young person, I would have been like, Honestly, if you want a better life and you have the opportunity to get it in this way, I think I w- would have done it too. I really do. Yeah. But then the way that it affected other people, I don't think I would have done what she did with like actually marrying a white person maybe mm-hmm. than having a child because I don't think I could. How do you marry someone that doesn't even know you? Here's the thing. I honestly wonder about that in relationships, in yeah. marriages, especially traditional, maybe more um old school mm. relationships or older generational relationships i feel like and i'm curious what you think i i see relationships sometimes from that generation as they met they made a decision to get married they got married super fast mm. and sometimes like engagements would be weeks yeah you know what i'm saying days yeah th- days minutes go to the courtyard <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's like they would get married and they would say, we're going to figure this out. Yeah. And I feel like in our culture, in our day and age, in our generation now, there's so much more emphasis in, uh, I guess, there's a lot more time you Mm. spend trying to figure out, are we compatible in every 
single way possible yeah. to a fault. I think sometimes you have to recognize like when you get married, there's the future that you're going to have with them is known and unknown. Yeah. There's, there's ways that they're going to change it. You can't predict at all. You obviously, yes, you have a lot more, I think, say and choice in deliberation when you're choosing who you want to marry. Yeah. But I think in some of these older in traditional relationships from older generations, like they just get married and, and also, I think a lot of times back out. then, it was rare to find a marriage that was based off of love. Mm, it was love based match. off of, unless you were both poor, because mm-hmm. then you're like, well, come on, we got nothing to lose, you <laughs> know? But otherwise, I think it was a stability thing, right. you know? Which was she, and that's a huge part of Stella's story and her uh, personality is always saying, she would say that she's a very logical person and that she's just going to choose mm. the quote unquote best thing yeah and so for her getting married to him and moving and following him was the all, best thing yeah it was the best thing because yeah. it was stability it was because mm-hmm. when they're in california there she has an incredible quote-unquote from the surface mm-hmm. an incredible life yeah she has something that looks stable and safe and healthy but internally she yeah. is always tortured because tortured. of this lie that she said she can never let even the closest people to yeah. her know so her husband and her daughter yeah. She's having to keep such a huge part of herself a lie and a yeah. secret from them. And she's constantly living in fear. Yeah. And so you kind of realize how much she's been living in fear when she gets a new neighbor. Mm-hmm. Her name's Loretta Walker, right? Mm-hmm. And she's the wife of just an ex- a very renowned actor. Yes. So he's a black actor who was... Every single person knew who this man was. So yeah. he moved into the neighborhood, extremely famous. And so she is terrified, though. Yeah. That's how you start to realize, like, I think how much this secret, it might have, it benefited her. Right. And she chose, she looked at her life and her future and mm-hmm. she made a decision. Right. Yeah. But then you see how much it's taking her inner life into a turmoil and it's causing so much stress yeah. because she's terrified that these people will know that they'll know yes. because this is this is the one thing that the quote in here is that like colored people always notice colored people mm. like they can see it in you you know and so she you know she was always known to be the nicest person the nicest person she would never fight back with anybody she was always you know signing the little petitions on the sidewalk because she was too nice to shove them away and say i don't want to do that like she was just known to be a genuine nice person and she was always that way she was always quiet she was always kind but her personality kind of changes when you know they're in this town meeting and they're like we have this you know colored couple that wants to move to town and she speaks up and she, everyone thought that she would be like we should let them be here because she's nice but in gen- but what actually happens is she stands up she's like we cannot let this happen to our town right everyone's looking at her as a hero like yes we don't want colored people in our town but in reality she's just scared that if more colored people start living there more people are going to be able to tell that she is living a lie mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so this uh, this couple moves in and they have a daughter. And so Stella's daughter, Kennedy, and her and Loretta's daughter became friends. They start playing together. And then you slowly see this friendship start to develop. It mm. was it, – I don't know. It, I think it kind of started because – well, so Stella was so obviously avoiding them. Mm-hmm. And then they become – she just starts to realize, okay, I need to, um, I need to, I, she's drawn to Loretta, I guess. Yeah. Like she, and the kids were playing together. Yes. Yeah. And so she would start to go over and spend time with Loretta and her friends. And so you just kind of. In secret. 
in secret. Because she didn't want the town to know. She and didn't want her own, own husband to know. Mr. Sanders did not Mr. know Sanders. what was going on under his roof. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that kind of starts to develop, I guess, the storyline of, okay, it doesn't look like the secret is going to take place. Mm-hmm. It, it, the secret is going to last much longer. Yeah. Because you start kind of seeing Stella's even desire to be known. She yeah. wants to be known. Um, and she recognizes what this lie, although it has given her the life that she has now, and she's grateful for that, and she views it as being the right decision for her. Yeah. She's also starting to, I think, recognize what she has lost yeah. in that lie. Also recognizing that she could have had the life either way. Because right. Loretta Walker, okay, she is married to a famous man, okay? She didn't marry him famous, number one. It just kind of happened that way. But she said the difference between her and Loretta is that, you know, Stella lied her way to get it and Loretta, like, got it just by being honest. Like, mm-hmm. but she had just as nice things, maybe even more nice things than Stella had. And Stella, I really do believe that made this decision based off of materialistic things mm. versus, like, actually being who you are and being happy. I don't think she was happy. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think she was either. Because I think, and I also think she almost didn't, evaluate that she didn't consider and stop and ask herself if she was happy because she was just making the decisions that she felt like when she was put with a decision in front of her she would make the rational logical decision and so i don't know if she ever really stopped to go do i want this life is this what will make me happy i think she was genuinely like you were talking about earlier just viewing it as a life and death situation what how will i navigate this world in a in what she, in the way that she wanted to. And she's yeah. like, I can do that as a white woman. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And so, but while all of this is happening in Los Angeles, while Kennedy and um, Loretta's daughter becoming friends, while that storyline is developing, Jude, Desiree's daughter, is in Los Angeles and yeah. she's working and she is going to school. And so these two girls start growing up. At the same age. They're, they're very similar age. Yeah. Right? Kennedy and Jude. Yeah, they're close in age. Yeah. And so, of course, as you start to read, <laughs> these two girls meet. They meet. They run into each other. And they run into each other at a party, right? Yeah. So, backtracking just a little bit, this is a really big deal that they meet each other. Because um, who we didn't mention is a man named Earl. Okay. Earl. Earl. Early. Hmm? Early. Early, yeah, but they call him Earl sometimes. What early Jones? Early Jones. Anyways, his name's Early. <laughs> well, because I just remember them saying all the time, like, "What kind of name is Early?" early yeah, true. Early for this, sorry, late for that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. His name is Early same, Jones. Yeah. yeah, his name is Early Jones, and the, he happens to be Desiree's boyfriend. And I know what you're thinking. Wait a second. I thought Desiree was married. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, she ran away from that slum bag. Okay. <laughs> but while she was running away, her husband named Sam hired a hunt man to find her. Now, this is Earl. Okay. He hires Earl to go out and find him. And so Earl's on his way out. He's trying to look for Desiree. Now, as a hunt man, he doesn't kill anybody. He just finds he just them finds and then lets like the people. like a bounty hunter. I yes. literally was just watching a show where there was a guy on it. It was like a survivor show. I think oh, Survivor, wow. where he was an actual bounty hunter. That was his job. legitimate publicized job. That's crazy. Like, how is that real? That, I don't There's know crazy why I people that in this so world. Funky. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of weird stuff. Okay. He's here. Like, I'm going to hire one. I'm just yeah, <laughs> 
But Earl gets hired um, by her ex-husband who beat her to go and find her. Now, the plot twist is, okay, he gets handed photos of Desiree. And then there's this quote where he says, for the first time in 10 years, I'm staring in the face of Desiree Veens. So good. That moment. That moment. Where you go, the the hitman. The hitman. It's not really hitman. The hunt man. (laughs) Huntsman. (laughs) The huntsman. Huntsman. He has known Desiree. Yeah, which we did not know until that sentence is shown. So uh, circling back a little bit, he w- actually grew up in Mallard. Well, he was passing through with his family. He was a little farm boy. And he used to come by the house and meet Desiree and give her fruits for free. So cute. So cute. And so, but then he ended up moving away, all this stuff. They lost touch. They were never that close. It was just a cute little but thing But also they did. it was significant because... Desiree's mom mm. didn't want Desiree anywhere near him. Yeah, because he was brown. Yeah, he was dark skinned. Yeah, and so she, uh, she felt a lot of shame towards how they left it because she yeah. really liked him. Obviously, yeah. they were young, but she really liked him, and she she didn't stand up for that. She yeah. didn't say anything. She just kind of let her mom say that and early heard it and. That's kind of how he he was like, well, okay, there's yeah. nothing for me here then. Like, if this is how it's going to be. And yeah. then, yeah, he moved away. And, but know. he loved her just the same, yeah. though, to the point where 10 years later, he's like, oh, my gosh, I know exactly who this woman is. 10 years is a big difference in somebody's face so from being a child. Do you think you would recognize someone that you would, had met at 10 years, like when they were 10? Um, if you were seeing a picture of them now, if you're shown a picture of them now, I don't know, maybe, maybe if they say, cause there's some people who look the same throughout and then there's other people who change like drastically. Yeah. But I think it would probably take me a second. They probably have to tell me who they are for me yeah. to be like, Oh, I see it now. <laughs> you know, I don't think <laughs> I would look at the kid. Who's this? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I would have looked at that and been like, Oh, this is Desiree Vance. <laughs> I know exactly who this person is. Like, yeah. but anyways, he goes, he goes, uh, to kind of find her and he finds her and they meet up in a bar. Mm-hmm. They meet up in a bar um, and he finds her there and he she's like, oh, my gosh, I thought that was you. Like, I'm so sorry how things left. And she has no idea why he's there. Mm-hmm. So just long story short, he doesn't end up telling Sam where she's at. He protects her. They kind of become a thing, rightfully so. You know, old love coming to new love. But she asks, he makes a suggestion that he would be willing to find Stella for him and so he spends years looking for Stella and he cannot find her and that's how you know Stella has really said uh, goodbye to yeah. her family because she he's a professional huntsman yeah and he that's what he does for a living yeah. he's good at it he it never took him more than like two days to find somebody no. and so that's always that's like a huge looming part of Desiree's story as well is just this long lost sister of what happened and it's always there it's always present in their conversations, their life, her conversations with her daughter, Jude. It's just always lingering. This, yeah. this sister who was close as close can be is just disappeared. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, there's no closure there. There's yeah. nothing. It's not like we've just got to accept it because you don't know what happened. You don't know if she's yeah. dead. You don't know where she's living. Nothing. Yeah. And so that's why it's such a big deal because Jude knows all of this. She lived her life knowing the truth. And so when she's working at this party, she's trying to get extra money. She's at actually their house. It was like a party for Blake. He got like a promotion or whatever. And that's how she meets Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And so she, I think she just met her and thought she was like an interesting, she thought she was. Well, Kennedy was asking for drinks, even though she was underage. Right. So she, and she was being very persistent about it. Yeah. And so she finally gave her a drink and then. The the next time they meet each other, so there was that moment, but mm-hmm. then the next time they meet each other, Kennedy is in a play. But She's I can't remember play. how was how So Barry. 
Okay. Barely. Yes. But at that party, though, this is really big because she's like, Kennedy's saying like, oh, my mom, can you believe it? She's not here and all this stuff. And then it, then it just says, in walks this woman and Jude also gets fired because she drops wine on the expensive carpet. Right. And she drops it because she looks up and she realizes that she sees Stella for the first time in her life. And she knows but it's Stella because they're twins. Know? Or yeah. she was like, she was questioning it. You're right. You're right. Yeah, she was questioning it, but she was pretty certain because she thought it was her mother. Right. She's like, who else would look like my mother than right. Stella? Right. You know? So, yeah. But then, so then she ends up meeting Kennedy again because she has this friend named Barry who is very theatrical. He's in plays, stuff like that. And she happens to be in one as well. Yes. Yeah, so she goes and she meets Kennedy again at this play. And I can't remember. This is where you're going to have to help me again, too. The moment where she puts it together. Well, she, so I guess if she's already recognized that she thinks Kennedy's mom is mm. Stella, then she's trying to use Kennedy. Honestly, yeah, yeah, she's trying to use Kennedy to meet her mom, but she doesn't want to make it obvious what she's doing. And so she kind of befriends Kennedy mm -hmm. and she starts to, she kind of falls under Kennedy's spell, honestly, because yeah. Kennedy is a very, she is privileged and mm. she is Spoiled and yeah. she she took off she started college and then took off a year I believe mm -hmm. to pursue theater and the acting world and her parents were not very proven of it Stella for sure yeah. did not love it because she wanted Kennedy to have the future that she didn't have when yeah. she was younger she wanted to provide this future to her daughter and so Jude is just gleaning all this information about Kennedy mm -hmm. any little moment that she mentions her mom Stella. She is soaking it up, trying to get all this information. So finally, on the last night of Kennedy's play, mm. Stella comes to the theater. Yes. And this is the crazy thing, okay? Because it's not like the... One of the reasons why they talk about Jude's skin tone so much is because Stella would not be able to look at Jude and tell that it was Desiree's daughter. You just would not be able to tell right. she looked like her daddy. And so... You know, Jude, like, she comes in and it's a very big deal that Stella's there because she doesn't approve of Kennedy being in place. But she decides to come to the last night. And this is when um, Jude decides, okay, this it's now or never moment. Like, I need to tell her who I am. And so, but she's asking her questions, trying to kind of get her to admit it herself. She goes outside and notices that Stella is smoking a cigarette. And she's out there and Stella's like, do you want to smoke? And she's like... No. I'm and a child. She's like, I'm a child. And she's like, oh, good girl. Like, you shouldn't be smoking. And then she goes, um, I'm friends with your daughter, Kennedy. And she's like, okay, that, that's nice. Like, whatever. Like, and then she goes, I'm from a small town called Mallard. And Stella doesn't even budge. She's so deep in the slide that she, like, looks at her. And you can tell that Stella notices. But she's just like, oh, wow, I've never heard of it. And she's like, oh, yeah, my mama, her name is Desiree Veens. Your so sister? Crazy. And Stella kind of snaps. She's like, who are you? She doesn't believe. Right, because she doesn't is, believe that's her daughter. She, doesn't yeah. even, she wouldn't even know that that's yeah. Desiree's daughter. Because even though Desiree did not decide to pass as white, it was so engraved in that brains that you would never marry darker. And so I think that... And she, that you'd never go back to Mallard. That, that was another yes. thing. She didn't believe that her mom was still in yeah. Mallard. Or that, or that Stella didn't believe her sister Desiree was in Mallard. Yeah, she's like, my. she thought that someone from Mallard had sent her here trying to expose her, was trying to get money, like whatever. And so she, she's like, I have to leave. I can't talk to you. Yeah. And so Jude is crushed because that is not how she wanted it to go meeting her aunt this yeah. time. And so essentially that night she also snaps and tells Kennedy, your mom's a liar. Yeah. She's not who she says she is. And she's colored. Yes. Which is so big to them because she's like, 
That means that Kennedy's also colored. Yes. And so all of that happens in one day. So now Stella knows that Desiree, her sister, is back in Mallard and she has a daughter. And Kennedy knows, okay, her mom is not who she says she is. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the this kind of all culminates in how now that Stella knows this, Mm. she is now left with the ball's in her court. She knows where her sister is. She didn't know where she was after she moved away. She knows where her sister is now. And so there's a moment too where Stella is kind of, she, ever since her friendship with Loretta, she has been kind of on a, I guess she's been more reflective. She's been more looking at what this lies under her life. Mm. She's been, she went back to school. She's going to college classes. She's trying to become a t- professor, which she does. And so she kind of is having all of these moments, I guess, on the along the way of going, okay, I need to address what this lie has done yeah. to myself. And so now this moment with Jude happens. And I think that's kind of obviously the straw that breaks the camel's back because yeah. she goes back to Mallard. Yeah. And she... Stella goes back to Mallard. Stella goes back to Mallard. But she goes because... So... Since she's been lying to Kennedy so long, her daughter, Kennedy comes home and she's like, have you ever been to Mallard? And she's like, but I know you've been to Mallard because there was only one time in Stella's life that she was honest with Kennedy. And she was a little girl in the bathtub and the little girl, Kennedy, was like, where are you from? And she decides to say Mallard. And so instead of lying and saying for the rest of her life after that, she decides to lie about where she's at. So this is like a memory that comes back to Stella. Unlocked. Yeah. Unlocks the memory to Kennedy. Sorry. The second she hears the word Mallard. So she goes home. She's like. I know you're a liar. She's like, and so, but her mom still is still like manipulating her. Like you were so young. Like this person just wants money. I want you to stay away from Jude, all this stuff. And so Kennedy kind of flees. She's like, she, I think she kind of hits a rock bottom. Yeah. She doesn't know what to do with herself. She's trying to act. And so Stella is like, figures that the only way she would ever get her daughter back is by going to Mallard. Right. So she goes to Mallard to essentially tell Desiree, tell your daughter to stop because she's, still was trying to protect her lie of going, I don't want my daughter to know. Yeah. I don't want my daughter to know where she came from. I don't want my daughter to know where I came from. And so she was going to Mallard to basically tell Desiree, tell Jude to stop it. Yeah. She needs to stop. And it's just, it's, she goes back and she meets Stella again. She sees her mom again. Like it's this whole moment of, I guess it's not even, it's not as big a reckoning as I thought it was, mm. or I thought it would be, because Desiree, correct me if I'm wrong, they're very friendly. Like they, it's obviously yeah. a shocking moment because Desiree didn't want her to hug, and Stella like forced her to hug. She yeah. like went over there and was like, "No, I'm back. Like I mm-hmm. love you." And so it's kind of almost, almost anticlimactic in that way because yeah. I was kind of like, this brought up a, I guess a, another question to me of like looking at their relationship and do think that Stella was a good sister because it seems like they just forgave each other so quickly, mm-hmm. which I guess, I don't know in that situation. Like if one of my sisters just disappeared for 13 years, and they step back into my life. Mm. If I would be that forgiving, because essentially they have a weekend together and it's very brief and they like have, they stay up all night and they're drinking and they're talking and it's just, it feels like almost an, a beautiful moment of yeah. they're back together reunion. Like yeah. And so reunion. it just feels so anticlimactic almost of, I'm like, I would, I would be, have so many questions. I'd be so mad. Yeah. I don't know. I think also it was like bittersweet because Adele, their mother, hello, 
It's me. Their mother, uh, she comes back and recognizes that Adele is, she has Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a hitting moment because um, she's sitting there talking to Stella and she goes, where have you been? And Stella decides to lie to her mother to kind of help, I don't know, not make it so painful. She's like, no, mama, I've always been here. And her mom's like. Sick and twisted, honestly. Yeah, sick and twisted. <laughs> but also, I've worked with Alzheimer's patients. Sure, yes. And so I think in that moment. She was, wasn't she actually told to not try to correct her memory yes. because that can cause more trauma? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so she's just like, so then her mom's like, oh, I thought you went somewhere, but I guess you've always been here. And so things kind of, I think for the sake of their mother might be a big mm -hmm. reason why they just jump back into things sure. because she had to stay with him. She had nowhere else to stay in Mallard. But then also Desiree, I don't know if she's actually forgiven her, especially since Stella guys decides to go back the next day. Like she, no, I don't think she's a good sister. Because don't. if you're going to stay away for that long, Desiree literally is angry when Stella, um, when Stella comes to the porch. Cause she's like, after I just got, like, I was finally okay with not knowing where you are. I thought you were dead. I was like coped with it and everything. Now you're going to come back here, you know, after 17 years of us being apart, they're older, have children. She's like, you're going to come back here just to tell me that you want my daughter to leave your daughter alone. It's just crazy. It's also insane to think that they, that Stella, because I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to put myself in their perspective and empathize and understand. But for Stella, I'm like, okay, if my sister came back after being away for 13 years and said, I had to go because I, I felt that I had no other choice to choose the future I wanted, to create the life I wanted, all those things. Fair enough. You could have told me you were alive. Yeah. You could have sent a letter through somewhere. You could have somehow, without ruining your... Um, secret. Yeah, secret, without making it aware of where you lived, you could have let me know that you were alive yeah. and okay. And I think that still would have hurt because it's clearly... It would have shown that she didn't want to know her sister. Yeah. She would have been out there alive and she didn't want to be in her life, but at least you would have known that they were alive. And mm -hmm. I just think Stella is so selfish. Yeah. Honestly, because she was just choosing... Her, she was choosing the future that she wanted. Yes, she was choosing what she thought was going to be the most advantageous and and best life for her. Mm -hmm. Right, which there's, I understand that. I yeah. think that that is so hard. You have to make hard choices, and you have to make when you're faced and put in situations. You have to make the choice that you are presented with. Yeah. You have to make a decision. She made what she thought was the the right choice for her, but then. In 13 years, yeah. you can't you can't choose to at least even in secret. I'm like, why couldn't she have gone? Because she didn't even let Blake know that she was going. Blake yeah. was on a work trip and she sneaked her little butt over there yeah. and flew over there and didn't even let him. So she's still hiding a little yeah. bit. So it's like you couldn't have even just in secret known your sister mm. or I don't know. And I think like just to show like this whole book, I think just has a lot of fear in it, underlining mm. fear. It's a lot of fear of being mistreated because of who you were born to be. And it's so unfortunate. And sometimes, I mean, that's still something that happens today. Not to this extent, thank the Lord, but it is still something that happens. And so even though we're like, we would never do that, you know, I think just thinking in the perspective of the time frame that they yeah. grew up in, like maybe I would have done that if I was then. I would have tried to do it differently, but I think right. she had such a fear of being harmed for who she was born to be, right. right? That to the point where she's like, I can't let anybody know I'm doing this because I can't have someone finding out. I can't have a family member or someone from Mallard coming here and exposing me. Even if they did know, there's a good chance that Desiree might slip up and be like, well, because you know we're colored folk. Or like, right. you know, like I think she was just so afraid of, 
I think she kind of regrets her decision. Yeah. But now that she's in it, she knows she has to live in it. Yeah. And so she's, she's doing so everything she can. Yeah. To protect that lie. But thankfully, like in the end, just to kind of wrap it up a little bit, like she ends up at least telling Kennedy right. the truth about her whole life. But Kennedy has sworn to secrecy as well that her dad could never find out. So still, she's still, and I understand, but it's also, that brings up the question to me of if you spent 13 years with a man, right? Or 13 mm. years with anybody, you would hope that you could tell them something and that time spent with you, I don't know. I think it hopefully would cast a different lens on that. Like, yeah. But I don't know if it would. I, I don't know. I, don't I think, think in she this was, setting in this time period, I don't think it would have. Yeah, I think she because she literally said that even though he was like a good man, she's been lying to him all these years. Ugh. So number one, even if she was just white, but she was lying about something for 13 years, that's going to make at least a man in this time. I mean, anybody angry. Yeah. And then at the, they said something about how like sometimes it was okay if colored people try to pass over right. on white people because they thought it was funny. They thought it was funny that a white person couldn't tell. So, but then just imagine the humiliation right. that he, which is stupid that he'd feel humiliated yes. by being with someone that was mixed. Right. But the humiliation that he would feel for in front of all his peers, if everybody found out, I can see a man like that becoming violent. And I think she was desperately scared she she slept with a baseball bat underneath her pillowcase because she was so afraid that just like her dad somebody would come in and kill her for no good reason right and so uh i think i would definitely be scared that the person that was laying next to me since they didn't really know me like could harm me yeah you know so that's one thing she was saying she's like he's never laid a finger on me but i don't really know right because he doesn't really know her sure yeah so the book ends essentially with she, Stella goes back, Desiree and uh, Stella are reunited and the sister or the daughters, uh, Jude and Kennedy, kind of have an on and off relationship where they mm -hmm. call each other and they talk. And um, so there's kind of this uh, moment to, I guess, the very last chapter is where their mother passes away, mm. um, Adele, unfortunately. And so... Um, they go back for the funeral, but I don't think Stella and Stella Kennedy does not. Know. Yeah, Stella doesn't. I don't. We don't even know if Stella knows because Jude calls Kennedy and says your grandmother died, and Kennedy's like, "Okay, I'm sorry. How are you?" And she's because Kennedy's like, even though that, that's sad, I didn't right. know her the way you did. Right. And Jude goes, "Well, are you going to tell her? Are you going to tell Stella?" And she goes, she basically says no. She's like, that's kind of like she's like. She doesn't tell me anything, so why would right. I tell her? So we don't really know if Stella ever even finds out that her mother actually passed. Which is kind of an interesting way to end, I guess, of Stella having still some unfinished, I guess, relationships and connections with her town because it is unfinished. Yeah. You don't know, you know, the book ends where she's still living in California. Her husband doesn't know. Um, and so it's, I guess it's a really interesting way to end the the book in I guess our discussion of it, yeah, um, because it's just an interesting. It's interesting how she, I guess, is forced to live with her decision, yeah. right? So they the book ends in Stella. Yes, while well, she has reunited with her sister and she's told her daughter, she's still forced to live in the world and walk in the world as a white woman because of her choices. She yeah. can't ever go back now. Yeah. I guess in my mind, unless she wants to. I mean, she could do what Desiree did and run back to Mallard and nobody, because nobody sure. knows where Mallard is. It's not even on the map. Right. Cause it's now. Yeah. Yeah. And she never even told Blake that she was from Mallard. Right. 
So I guess she could. She could literally mm-hmm. leave her everything behind. Everything but is that, but then she'd be like, why would I do that? Because back in Mallard, she'd have to work at a restaurant. Right. She did. She would not be just so she kind wife. of. It's kind of a weirdly, I guess, full circle for her of like now she can't really go back unless she wants to implode her life. So yeah. I don't know. What were your thoughts? Would you would you recommend this book? What would mm. you rate it one out of five? Would you reread it? Yeah. What are your closing thoughts? Um, I'm not a big rereader on books, <laughs> so I don't think I'd reread it. But I am very glad that I read the book yeah. because I, I'll give it – I'm going to give it a four out of five. Ooh, okay. Four out of five. I love that. Come on, four out of five stars. Um, I would recommend it. It was just very interesting to me because it's like, I was like, dang, there's so many aspects. Like, guys, I actually, like, would tell you, read this book. Just like every single podcast, there's things that we leave out that are, you know, good. We want you to be able to go and read them yourselves. But I just think it's so interesting because also from the perspective of the fact that these are twin sisters. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't know because I'm not a twin. You're not a twin, but you got twin sisters. I do have twin sisters. You have twin sisters. So you can tell this true. I feel like when you're a twin, you just have this undeniable bond. That you just can't help but have. You shared a womb together, a room together. <laughs> like you've shared so many things. And so it's like there's just this connection. Your DNA is basically the same besides your fingerprints. Like mm-hmm. that's the only thing. Fingerprints. <laughs> about that. That's the only thing that is keeping you basically different, you know, besides your personalities. And it's right. like so it's not just like you have siblings that don't talk anymore. That is such a real thing that happens today. Your siblings, you just don't talk. But I think twin siblings is just another dynamic, another level. And so when I just think of the heartache that they probably all were feeling of like, but they chose the heartache. So it was just like so interesting to me. But I thought it was a good book. thought it was a good perspective. Made me think of what I would do if I was living back then and I could pass as white. What would I do? You know, made me recognize. I think it's just good to read this book because... It's good to see how people were treated mm-hmm. to help you remind yourself was like, okay, we need to make sure this continues to grow from this and that we don't keep doing it. But then on top of that, it just also shows you that like, I don't know that that racism is a taught thing because mm-hmm. I don't think that people are just born racist. I don't think white people are racist. All that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I right. don't think, I don't also don't think it depends on what your race is. Anybody can be taught racism about any other race. It does not matter what you look like. And so it's like, even her husband in this story, like he really didn't have a problem with colored people. He wasn't mean to them. He was nice to them. He, you know, but he still didn't want to be he didn't want to be near them though, but just because of how other people would treat him. Mm -hmm. And so it just shows that like, just because you look a certain way does not mean that you fit that stereotype of what the world is trying to put on you. And so like my encouragement with it is just be yourself, be kind, be loving and break those stereotypes. If you don't like them, you know, it's like, just be different from what the world is trying to tell you to be. So I don't know, be yourself, love yourself. We're all beautiful. No matter what you look like, like, come on. Yeah. Well said. What no, about I you? Love it. I know. I would say the same. I honestly would give it, I think, yeah, a four, 4.5. Like, okay. I'm going to one up you and give you a no. 0.5 more. Okay. No, I really do, though. I do the halves because of only five stars. Mm. I very, I don't know. I feel Just like. Just so picky. There's a reason. I'm picky. <laughs> but I do think this book was so good. I think the themes of identity, race, mm. generational impact. I think uh, mother-daughter relationships. I think sister relationships. I think they just address so many themes in such an interesting story. Yeah. And so I think for a lot of people who are interested in 
any of those themes, but also just a good book. Like yeah. this was a really well-written book. It was yep. a really interesting storyline. There were so many moments where I was just thinking how I was like, this is so creative. Who yeah. the Brit, right? That's her name. Brit Bennett. Brit. Author. <laughs> Brit. <laughs> I was like, she's incredibly yeah. talented because it's such an interesting, engaging book to read. Um, so I would definitely recommend it. I think it's, like you said, I think the ideas, the themes, the the things that it brings up, um, and that's why I love reading mm-hmm. as, as well as like talking about it because it brings up so many interesting points to talk about. And so I feel like for this kind of book, yeah. it was very, it was a very unusual, I guess, setting, yeah. at least in Mallard. I thought that setting of that uh, town was really unusual and to, it was written so well. I yeah. think it was, uh, while it was so horrific and upsetting, she writes in such an exceptional way of what a uh, environment like that and a town like that would be. So, I yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Five out of five. Yeah, and also four out of five. yeah. Also, I would just like before we go, I would just ask her like what her inspiration for this book is because I I didn't know this, but I'm looking at it now. She is a colored woman herself, and so who wrote this book? She, right, she's an African American, and so I um, can't imagine. I feel like would that be strange for a white woman to write this book? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, because you yeah. could be from the perspective of Stella where you pass as white right. and you identify as white, right? Because mm, that's another thing that like now in a day and age, it's more acceptable to identify as whatever you want. Right. Because I am mixed. I am African-American, I'm Hispanic, and I'm white, but I'm mostly Hispanic. Um, but you look at me and most people are like, that's a person of color because I am a person of color. Right. But it's like I identify more with being Hispanic because... That's the majority of what I am, but that only happened recently because most of my life I identified with being black because ignorance of people they looked at me assumed, right? Mm. And so even though, which there's nothing wrong with that, that's in me, right? but I wasn't focusing, I guess, on like the main part of who I was, which was being Hispanic, but then I also grew up in a white household and there is white inside of me. Sure. And so it's like, how do you identify with all three? Sometimes you're just going to pick one and be like, this is who I'm deciding to be, right. you know? And so, but I think back then it was so different because she wasn't just trying to identify with being white, which, cause she had white in her, mm-hmm. but she was not even going to consider identifying as a colored person. She was like throwing that part out of her. Like mm. she didn't even want it to be a part of her. Right. And so I think that's like, it's just rabbit interesting. Hole. It's rabbit so hole. interesting. Yeah, no, I think that's such good points and such a perfect way to end this. So guys, tell us what you think. If you enjoyed this book, if you read it, we'd love to know. Also, um, not to be that people, those people, that girl, <laughs> give us five stars. Give us um, five stars, y'all. <laughs> this is a good podcast. <laughs> Not to be those girls, but here's the thing. Marvin, you really, you really blew their ears out. Here's the thing. They're not going to give us five stars now because they're, they can't hear us. Oh, sorry. (laughs) I blew out the speaker. Joel's going to hate it. Our producer is not going to be happy about it. Um, But no, give us five stars because it does help. Even when Mm. people are trying to find the podcast that we tell, it's so much more visibility. It sounds ridiculous, but do it. Um, And then if you want us to read any books, we have had a couple suggestions. One, I'm very interested to read because I think I might shred the book to pieces. So um, if you guys give us some suggestions about what you think we should read, we will definitely read those books for you guys. Mm -hmm. And if you are an author out there and you want us to read... (laughs) No. to read and review no. your book no <laughs> hit us up in the dms no. on instagram at the novelty <laughs> podcast no. here's the thing we're cutting this out because honestly <laughs> some 
really interesting. You know what? Maybe we should expose our DMs like that. But we, exposing. Ha- we have got DMs from, you know, people really wanting us to spread the word of their work. And I'm down for it. Why not? If you're willing for me to say you suck, you know, I- <laughs> but I could say that you're really good. And so if you want us to review your essays or your. You should literally get people submitting their homework and college essays for us to review. <laughs> we're like, please take out this part. Okay, we're getting out anyway, of here. Sorry. Well, you guys, we have so much fun. We hope you are enjoying this podcast, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.